Man, Kyle asked me if we went over that this morning, if I was going to be able to preach after that. So I don't know if I'll be able to recover or not, but that's, uh, that is good. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We'll be dealing this morning about a title that I've, uh, I've titled this sermon, No Longer a Slave, No Longer a Slave. We'll look at verse, chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. Verse 1 through 14. Paul has been... He's been dealing in the previous chapters about trying to explain to people that, that we are saved by faith. And that faith, that salvation faith is without works of, of our own. That, that we put our faith in Jesus Christ and that is enough. We repent of our sins. We, we, you know, we commit our lives to Him. But he's talking about Saving, genuine, salvation, faith. But then he, he gives that in chapter 5, and then he starts to look into chapter 6. We start to go into chapter 6, and we, and we see a lot of times, and, and this may have been going on in some, some people's lives here, and it, and it goes on in some people's lives now, that once we're saved, we don't, we don't have to sin anymore. <laughs> it's, this is uh, it's kind of a... A strange concept, I guess, maybe to you, but that we are now dead to sin. We are no longer bound by sin. The American Civil War started on April 12th in 1861 and ended May 26, 1865. Now they, President Lincoln, uh, he, they, they, Went back and forth in 1862, and there was a, a, there was a proclamation that happened. on. They, they set this to go into place on January 1st in 1863. And it's what we call the Emancipation Proclamation. And what this did, this proclamation made it to where slaves were no longer bound to be slaves. They, it was no longer legal to have slaves. And this goes on, the war goes on. The war ends on May 26 in 1865. And this may be something that, that maybe you, you've heard you, just in the recent year or two, maybe three or four years, Juneteenth. On June 19th was the last day. This was, this was when the last slaves, and they were in Galveston, Texas, were notified, and they were told that you are free. You're no longer bound to a master. Jesus died and was raised from the dead. This made this possible for our, when, when we put our faith and trust in Him, we commit our lives to Jesus Christ for salvation. This simple fact that we see in Luke chapter 24, verse 5 through 7, tells us that we no longer have to be, we no longer have to be slaves to sin. Then as they were afraid and they bowed their faces, these, these ladies, they come to the tomb and they were afraid and they bowed their faces because they were, they were seeing some angels in there. They bowed their faces to the earth and they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He, and they're talking about Jesus here, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men 
and crucified. And I'm so glad that it didn't stop right there. And the third day, rise again. The plan for the payment for our sin and also the plan of our new life and freedom in Christ was paid that day. Many people believe on Christ now and then proceed to live under an old slave master of sin. I've, I've asked Kenan to get, a, to get a, a video together for me right here real quick. It, 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 I searched for a little while. It took a little while to find a little short video, Brother Sammy. I, wanted, I love these videos. There, you ever seen the videos where there, there's, a, there's some type of animal that gets trapped in a, in a, uh, in a trap? He can't get loose. And then you've got some... Some good person, some good Samaritan, they come by and they release these animals from the trap. So, Kenan, you got that ready for us? Yeah, we jumped when we watched that earlier, too. They almost jumped out. <coughs> so he just stands there. He doesn't run away. And there, there's some of these that, that when they... You know, when they're released from, from, this, from this chain that was holding them down, I've even seen them to where they, they've been there so long. And they've been held by that chain that they just lay down beside it. Even though they've been released from it. Paul says, we don't have to do that. We've been released from the master of the, from, from the sin slave or from the sin master and we don't have to stand there anymore Paul tells us in, his, in God's word in Romans chapter 6 and we want to read verse 1 we'll cover this and we'll read these as we go but in chapter 6 I want to be able to look at three things that Paul tells us that we are to know now, when I say to know, there's something that we're to know. We're not to, we're not to think something. We're not to maybe hope that, that something's real. Or maybe, maybe it's just it's a possibility of, of, of this happening. Paul tells us that we are to know. This is actually in Scripture. And when it says know, you know what it means in Scripture? It means to know. It means for us to realize a truth. That's literally what that means. He, said, he says, I need you to realize the truth that you're about to hear. And let's look at, uh, let's look at verse, we'll just read verse 1 through. I want, I'm going to pick up in verse 3, and that's where the outline starts today, this morning. But what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul is saying, so now that we're saved by faith, should we just, should we just sin? Is that... Is that what we're to do? Is that we just 
Is it just wide open? And he answers this question, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And then in verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? And verse 4 says, Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should, all, should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His what? Resurrection. So, number one, Paul says for us that, that the, we, we, need to, we need to know something. Number one thing, the number one thing that we need to be able to know is that we need to know that we are identified with Christ. I hope and I pray when I... I hope and pray this morning while I'm preaching, but I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping when I get in that truck and I leave from here and I go to work tomorrow and I do whatever it is tomorrow that I'm going to do, or do that, that people look at me and they say that Brother Mike is identifying himself with Christ. Look at, look at verse 3 again. He says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? This is... This is not talking about being baptized in the baptistry. This is talking about being identified with Jesus Christ. If you go over in 1 Corinthians, you can find out that Paul uh, said that Moses was identified, or that the children of Israel were identified with Moses because they were, they were part of him. And that's what Paul is telling us now. He says, if, if we've been saved, this is, this is for Christians, by the way, so if you're not saved, no, you're not identifying yourself with Christ. But if you're a believer in Christ, a true, genuine believer in Christ, you will today identify yourself with Jesus Christ. He says that through he says that we were baptized uh, into Christ, and and were baptized into His death. And then look on verse four. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead uh, uh, by the glory of the Father, even so we should what walk in newness of life. There is a change of direction that happens if you're a true, genuine believer or not. So let's say, let's, what, are you, what are you saying, Brother Mike? If, if, if my life doesn't change, does that mean that I'm really not a believer in Christ? I, I, I got baptized. That's good. That's one of those good things that we're supposed to do. But listen, baptism doesn't save you. I... I I give on Sunday morning. That doesn't save you. Where is your faith? What do you put your faith in? Or rather, who do you put your faith in? Because you're supposed to be identified with Christ. I'm supposed to be identified with Christ. Number two, you're supposed to be crucified with Christ. Verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Our old man, that, that's, that means our old self... Our old sinful self was crucified with Him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. For He who has died has been freed from sin. 
We've been, we're like that bobcat that you saw there. We, he, was, he was freed. He just stood there. He, he could have walked off and went to doing bobcat things, but he, he didn't. He just stood there looking around. I used a bobcat on purpose, I, you know. <clears throat> Verse 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. It's about, it's about us being identified. It's about us being crucified with Christ that, that when uh, Brother Sammy will say this, when he, when he uh, baptizes somebody, he said, you've been, you've been buried with Christ and you've been raised to what? what you, what's the rest of that that you say? The newness of life. I don't do that when I baptize somebody. I'm scared I'm going to get it mixed up. When I bring them up, I, there's no telling what I'm going to say. So, I, I, but I, I love that. I, I love that, that that's because we are. We are identified with Christ. We are crucified with Christ. In verse, in number three, point number three, in verse nine says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. You see, Christ died to sin in at least two different senses. I want to just bring two of them up this morning. Number one, in regards to sin's penalty. He met, by, by dying on the cross, he met its legal demands upon the sinner. You see, there is absolutely nothing good about me. And whether you think there's something good about you, there's not a whole lot good about you either. <laughs> At least in the standard that God requires, and that means holy. He, he requires a holy standard. And what, like, I guess a lot of times we like to say perfection because that's what, when you say holy, God is perfectly holy. So that is the standard that we are held to. And we can't be that good. And then there was also a time in the Old Testament when there had to be a sacrifice made. There had to be the death of an animal. But Christ paid this penalty when He died on the cross for our sin. He paid that. Number one was in regard to sin's penalty. Number two, in regard to sin's power. Forever breaking its power over those who belong to Him. <laughs> now listen, that will almost get me to being a little bit Baptocostal up here. And I, I saw some of you standing out there worshiping this morning. I know y'all are with me, right? So, so listen, that's exciting. That's exciting because... We no longer have to do, perform these sins that, that we had no choice in doing before we were, before we were saved. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. You see, we have been made alive by the Spirit. 
And when we identify Himself, we understand. And when we put ourselves in Him, when we, when we get saved, when we're born again, we put ourselves in Christ. And that all becomes part of us. And guess what else becomes part of us? God's holiness becomes part of us because our faith in Him, not by something that we did on our own. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26 through 28 says, For such a high priest was fitting for us, talking about Jesus here, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for his people. For this he did once for all. When he offered himself up, for the, the law appoints us as high priests, uh, men who have weaknesses, but the word of, of the oath which came after the law appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. You see, Jesus was our high priest, but he was also that sacrifice. In the Old Testament, God's people had to bring multiple sacrifices to be killed and offered. One particular sacrifice was the atonement for sin. They did this, they did this, they did this once a year, and they would, they would bring their animal, and, and this animal would give its life for their sin. And this was, this was part of what God had them to do. Year after year after year, sacrifices had to be made. Hebrews and Romans both tell us that Christ died once and for all. Once and for all. He died for us once and for all. I like that song. It's called Once and for All. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever heard that song, but I, I, I want to read this. If I can. <laughs> God, I give you all I can today. These scattered ashes that I hid away, I lay them at your feet. From the corners of my deepest shame, the empty places where I've worn your name. Show me the love. I say I believe. Help me to lay it down. This is the chorus who comes in. She comes in. She said, help me to lay it down. Oh, Lord, I lay it down. Oh, let this be where I die. My Lord with thee crucified. Be lifted high as my kingdom's fall. My kingdom's fall. Once and for all. Once and for all. Since we know these three things, you can count on it as truth. We need to know that we are identified with Christ. We need to know that we're crucified with Christ. We need to know that we've been raised with Christ. And sin no longer has dominion over us. It cannot control us anymore. Sometimes I think, I think people just go and they, they, do, they just do things because they don't know any better. That bobcat, when, they, when, when, they, when she released him from that chain, he just stood there. You know why? 
Because his foot had been in that trap. And his foot was in pain. And it was held by that chain. And even though that was released, his foot still hurt. His foot still felt that, that clamp down on it. And he just stood there. Even though he knew he'd been, you know, you could look down and he could see. I, I, but something's, that's the way sin is. Sin likes to be able to hold us, to get us. And we're so used to it. And then we're, then we're freed from sin. And we have to consciously know and understand and know that we've been released from that chain. And no longer dominion. No longer have to, have to deal with that chain anymore. Romans 6, 11-13 in closing. Paul tells us, he says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I love this verse. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of, run, of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law anymore. You're under grace. Galatians chapter 5, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And it didn't stop there. I'll read that again, and that's good news. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. You no longer have to go back to being a slave to sin. You're free. Zach Williams sings a song. I, I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to have time to do this one, Kyle. Zach Williams sings a song, No Longer a Slave. Or we are no longer a slave, I guess. But he goes on, he says, we're no longer a slave. And he was singing, he says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. He says, if you know that song, what does he say after that? I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. If you're a child of God, you're not a slave to fear. If you're a child of God, you're, you're not a slave to anger or hatred. You're not a slave to unforgiveness or pride, pornography, gossip, lies, alcohol, drugs. You are identified with Christ. And you are crucified with Christ. And you are raised with Christ. Stand with me if you will. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that you've 
that you've freed us. You have given us life that we did not deserve. And I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I pray for those who are here this morning and they have never experienced this freedom. They're tied down with a chain that they can't get rid of. No matter how hard you struggle and how hard you try, but through your death and your resurrection, and when we put our faith in you, we know that we're free. And Lord, I pray for them. I pray that they would give their heart and life to you this morning if they've never accepted you as Savior. Lord, I pray for those that are just struggling this morning with just struggling with everything. As the song I mentioned earlier, Lord, help me to lay it down. And I want you to be lifted up as my kingdoms fall once and for all. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Brother Sammy's going to come.